in this episode of the WOAS podcast. Once again, bring up Andy Kaufman, the sad clown. That's like that whole trope. And I think there's like a vulnerability to that. And this is like a very like vaudeville type of thing, like a MGMT 2.0. He does this weird like mouth shape in a bunch of his videos where he's like, like, where are you? Like that kind of thing. Hello and welcome to Minisode 4 of the WOAS podcast. I am Mike Ledoux and I'm not wearing headphones for the first time and hopefully this doesn't bite me in the ass later on. I'm here with my co-host, Jeremy M.F. Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to be discussing the infamous Oliver Tree and his new release, Alone in the Crowd, or a couple tracks from that, but he is a phenomenon, his new work, and everything in between. So, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend. All right. Well, I want to do an episode about Oliver Tree. You actually introduced me to, to Oliver Tree uh, a few weeks ago, and I've gotten really into him, and he just put out this cool album, Alone in a Crowd, and uh, I thought we should talk about some of the songs on here, talk about Oliver Tree as an artist. Yeah. It's one of the more interesting people out there right now, and it seems like he's becoming more and more popular. It's got some cool visual arts videos to go along with the songs too. And great little on Spotify, you know, they have the little 10 second reels. Yeah. The canvas, you mean? That's yeah. Yeah. I, he's got some great ones for, for this oh, album. For all I have no songs. doubt. Now, it, now that you said that, I'm going to have to go back and check that out. That's awesome. It's one of the few that you want to actually check into as you're listening to the song. You're like, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, um, this album, Alone in the Crowd, it seems like if you're into Oliver Tree, this one's a little more introspective than maybe some of his other uh, albums. And he's got some love songs in here, which according yeah. to an interview that I watched with him, he hasn't really done in the past. So it's kind of an interesting, possibly new thing for him. I'm not sure what's going on with him artistically. I, based on the interviews I watched, I watched the Stevo interview, which was great. Mm -hmm. And this interview that he just did and and both of them it was almost like he's hinting at um this could be the end of oliver tree i don't know if that's true or not he said that probably two years ago and it was right around when uh cowboy tears is that the end of the album came out and he's talking about stepping away from the music and getting more into the visual medium and film like uh, directing so i would argue that maybe that's kind of part of his marketing ploy because he's so for anyone that doesn't know oliver tree go like pause this video and then go look him up quick um and anything that comes up will, will suffice as far as paying yeah. a picture for you um, never i mean you you won't get it but i'm saying like just you know anything that comes up is probably authentically him but in addition to being you know a pretty talented performer and songwriter he's this whole universe of like performance art um, and I think probably a very shrewd businessman and marketer from everything I've seen. So uh, I just want to say that anyway, back to you. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he's going to keep going or not. Maybe he, like you're saying, he just drops these hints. Hey, this could be the last one. Come check it out kind of thing as a marketing yeah. ploy, which is, you know, that's a good move. A quick request. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. You like this video? Leave a comment down below. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe. We'll make more content like this. It helps the algorithm. End of request. Could, well, it could backfire eventually, but um, yeah, I hope he keeps going and keeps putting out stuff because he's same one of the more interesting people. That's he's just really doing something different that no one else is doing. He's got a bowl cut, 
that also has a mullet behind it. <laughs> um, and and it's a bullet. A, it's a, a bullet. A bullet. That's what he calls it. A bullet. Oh, does he? Oh, okay, right. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, and he yeah. purposely wears ridiculous clothes and makes himself into kind of a laughing stock. And yes, I think it's it, in some ways, kind of serves his music more than you would think. You would think, okay, that's gonna turn me off, and he's I'm I'm gonna paint this guy into a hole. But then you listen to his lyrics, and it's got this poppy kind of thing. But the lyrics and and a lot of the songs are pretty deep, and they, they are. Have a lot and I think we see that. more of that on this on this album too, um, particularly in terms of the love songs. He gets dark. He gets yep. he gets like esoteric in some mm -hmm. areas. He's yeah. Talking like what happens after you die yes really right diving into some stuff yeah and, and there's not a lot of pop artists that are doing that as effectively there's some perceived honesty in some of those lyrics right he's kind of like all over the map with a subject matter but i think there's this aspect too that you were getting at where it's engaging different sensibilities, right? So like if you're into lyrics or you're just in the music or you're into like wacky shit, like visually and anything else in between that that he does, I think he picks up a lot of fans in that way. I remember when I first came across him seeing a thumbnail, on, it was on SoundCloud. It wasn't even like Spotify or anything. And it's the, the look from Cowboy Tears where it's the bull mullet, but it's like blonde and he's wearing like the oversized, you know, winter sure. jacket and like the oversized cowboy hat. And I see that and I'm like, look at this asshole, because I'm thinking it's someone trying to look cool that isn't, right? You know, stick with me for a moment where like it feels inauthentic. So I'm just like, I passed it a couple of times. Finally, I'm like, oh, fuck, and I like click into it. I want to see how this person portrays themselves. Yeah. And then I realized that it's an act and it's an Andy Kaufman level act and look and feel. It, it's reminiscent of the talking head stop making sense, like big suit thing, because he does that too. And I watched like one music video and I was like, this is amazing, um, first of all. <laughs> but it, he's committing to like the ridiculous. So here's where the tie-in is I was trying to reach for is that he's talking about on the Steve-O Wild Ride interview, cool has been done, cool is boring. Like everyone's trying to be cool. Like I wanted to be either, and this is where I forget if you said like ugly or ridiculous or whatever, but the whole reason it's, engaging is because it's just so out in left field and maybe polarizing but if you're annoyed by what you see you still kind of want to engage right and that's exactly what happened with me i completely took it the wrong or the right way or whatever way you're supposed to take it and then i got totally sucked in whole weird package of things yeah i think he's right cool is played out like we've seen yeah. every cool now yeah that we could possibly see and people are so obsessed with trying to be cool mm -hmm. i love things that that poke fun and satirize yeah and doing that any unique way that hasn't been done before and that's which like, is also a challenge right because like it's yeah. you know the, just like music or any other art form like comedy comedy has a lot of like foundational elements that are hard to get away from or like if you're trying to be unique good luck you know yeah good luck and yeah. we need a little bit more um comedy injected into our mainstream pop culture because there's not a lot there right now. Everyone's kind of self-serious mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, take on this or that issue and be a champion or this or that or be yeah. a serious artist. And here's this guy who's like, no, I'm just going to 
I'm going to write these really poppy, catchy songs. <laughs> and while they do have some deep lyrical content, the mm-hmm. package that they're being delivered in is this ridiculous thing. Yeah, and let's dig a little bit deeper into that, and then we'll actually listen to some songs. But he's also a very uh, accomplished musician and composer and is capable of doing as much or more than what he's doing from just a pure musical point of view. And he, and he's got a lot of different like facets to his talent. Like he can rap, he's got a good voice. He can compose chord structures that work for his songs. And he also has a really good knack for making a very short song sound very long. Cause he gets into the meat and potatoes so fast that by the time you're at the end of the second chorus, it feels like four minutes, but it's been like two. That's really hard to do without either coming off as thoughtless and cheap or skipping through the stuff that is important to get you to the meat and potatoes, right? Because like certain songs, if you cut off the intro or you cut off part of the verse or the the pre-chorus lead into the chorus, it just sounds wonky and awkward. It doesn't work. But honestly, everything he puts out that has like a catchy sort of aspect to it just immediately gets into it and you think you've been in this whole universe but then all of a sudden the song's done in like three minutes you know i and i don't i can't think of many artists that do that so despite all like the avant-garde wackiness there's also like a really deliberate effective songwriter in there yeah i think he um like you said earlier is very deliberate about all of his choices whether it's Mm -hmm. inside the music or outside and i think it is interesting to talk about his public persona whenever mm-hmm. he interview like he's been on the h3 podcast which is really popular and they mm-hmm. did yeah his interviews there they just start yelling at each other and he's got the guy in a headlock and <laughs> like it just turns into a complete nightmare of an interview and it's on purpose and right i think everybody knows what's going on but yeah again andy kaufman it's like the you know the the wrestling interview on letterman yeah yeah he's wrestling women um, right and he's a, it's an interesting dude. And it's cool to see him take a couple interviews now where I'm sure there's still many elements of that character mm-hmm. that are being interviewed. But to see him talk more openly about what it's like putting together that character and all the effort that goes into it, this Anthony Padilla interview, uh, definitely check that out where he talks about all that. He even references yeah, well. the Steve-O interview. And he's like, I'm coming to the, this, this interview completely unprepared as myself. Mm, and- interesting. He mentions, you know, I went on Stevo and I had a list of a hundred questions that I had handwritten with a quill. And <laughs> that's true. It's not like a <laughs> like, scroll, right? Uh, he has a scroll of questions yeah. at Stevo, and yeah. he had to handwrite all that stuff, and it took yeah. a lot of time to put together. But it, he's committed yeah. to the bit, right? Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting um, interview and in performance art. Yeah, how do you have the time to do that? And he had for the Stevo interview, he had T-shirts printed up with yeah. their on it multiple t-shirts it's crazy I mean, and he kept like sending the like assistant in you know yeah he's got all this different merch ideas he's trying to sell steve-o on and like that yeah. must have taken like a couple months to put together yeah to i think he's the- probably always thinking about the next move at all times you know right. that's just like another reason that he's impressive because he then also cranks out great songs and then like directs. So for people that don't know, and you watch any of his like wacky ass videos, he like went to clown college. So he's kind of versed in like that kind of performance format. Does his own stunts. Yeah, which includes stunts. So anything you see in the videos, like a lot of physical acrobatic stuff he's doing, but he, he also directs, you know, is probably akin to being like a creative director for them as well. So there's all these interesting choices uh, made. A lot of subtle CGI things, like in the latest videos for songs from this album, 
alone in the crowd. He's got like a new haircut where it's almost it's like a bob haircut with like bangs. And then like he like shrinks with I guess with CGI, like shrinks the face kind of in the middle. So it just makes everything look like more wonky, you know. It's really clever stuff. I mean, it, there's nothing like it out there. In fact, probably the first stuff that I showed to Jeremy are videos from the Cowboy Tears album. And um, it's just so ridiculous. You know, like he's like imposed on like this like big buff body and he's like making out with like elderly women. It's some bizarre shit, man. But uh, so should we listen to some music just so we're not talking about a music artist with zero reference to the music? <laughs> Is that a thumbs up? Two thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's just start with, uh, we've, we've selected about three tracks. We're not going to go too nuts with reaction stuff, but just to give you a feel for who you're dealing with. Uh, this is the opening track to Alone in a Crowd called Bounce. Little little profane stuff. If you got kids in the room, get them out of the room now. Not really. And even then, it's at the very least. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, true to what I said before, I'm looking at the, the time stamp. Two minutes, 46 seconds. just like it works it's not you know it's not, I, I think that's a great song where you could say it's not to be overthought right so few elements to it as well yeah just got like this buzzsaw bass mm -hmm. drum kit and then like it's just like vocals and then some lo-fi kind of guitar stuff and the drops happen where they need to, and it may be at times formulaic or may not, but it just works. And it's good enough that you don't have to stop and go like, well, it just it hits. What, and he's got such a weird singing style. This yeah, let's is, talk about that. He does this weird like mouth shape, and you can see him do it in, in a bunch of his videos where he's like, his mouth goes really wide. And you can hear that's just how he's shaping his mouth as he's singing it. So here's something that I've thought about with that kind of vocal approach. And, and like the inflections when he sings. I don't know if it's been said, but it would line up timeline-wise. Because he's like in his early-ish 30s, I think. So he's been around long enough. He's watched a lot of like music over the last 15, 20 years go through some significant transitions. 30 years old. I, how, how old? 30. Okay. All right. So, but that's still old enough. And so I hear Blink-182, like... um like, where are you? Like that kind of thing. But he's made it into like its own style that the interpretation is so different from the original that it's its own thing now. But I think in using that singing style, he's got very good control over his range such that he, he probably doesn't naturally fall flat or go sharp mm -hmm. often. And um, it also then probably makes it easier once you have some good core melodies going for your different sections to transition between them seamlessly and not like go off the rails so easily. Cause you know, you were hinting at the, with these songs, okay, simple arrangement and what stands out the vocal and why, because it's probably like really very much designed to keep you focused on the melody only. And then that dictates everything else. You don't need this like lush 
chord structure underneath it because the vocals are taking care of it, which is another like tie back to stuff we've talked about where that's kind of like this hallmark we're seeing in some modern pop. We were referencing it in a Taylor song in another video, but like it's all vocals. Yeah, the vocal is king, but not in like the make it the loudest element, make it sit in the mix sense in the sense that it's doing its job for everything else in the song. And the arrangement is just kind of irrelevant. It's the same thing we were talking about Motorheart, uh, the track Speed of the Nighttime, where there's just like bass happening and a little bit of like subtle synth shit in the back. And that vocal is so powerful that if that's all you hear, that's all you need to hear. So it, he and this well. guy is really good at doing that. I, I have to say, like, I everything I listen to, I'm like, fuck, like, it's so simple, but it's so good. Yeah. You know, and I hear some like hip hop influences for sure, like modern hip hop, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, in some of that vocal styling. And I also hear a little bit, this could be off base for like, in his opinion, but uh, 21 Pilots. I don't know how familiar you are with them. I know. Yeah, I definitely heard one or two of their songs, but I, I don't recall it at the moment. They're they're really good. It's two guys. And yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of the same kind of arrangements in some okay. way. And that they're like synth heavy kind of stuff. Yeah, synth heavy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of drums. So the, the two guys, it's one guy sings, does the arrangements and stuff. The other guy's like a drummer. Okay. And they. Yeah. Work. So like all, almost like MGMT as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And okay. they do some like rap stuff. They yeah. do pop stuff. They do some like rock stuff. Okay. It's kind of in the same vein as this. Interesting. Yeah. I would yeah and this, uh, another group I would reference actually more so on this album, but looking back, it, it kind of would fit in the same genre with the last couple albums. Uh, Milky Chance. Uh, this is this is definitely much under that umbrella or in that wheelhouse as well, which is another great band to check out. It took me a while to kind of come around to them, but talented and kind of like a MGMT 2.0 almost, yeah. but also very much their own thing. Um, I bet we were both experienced this, Mike, where uh, our friends that we grew yeah. up with were like, hey, check out this new music. And they're like, I hate this. This is <laughs> yeah. stuff that I like. That's what I've experienced. Like when I try to show people um, 21 Pilots or... Uh, Oliver Tree, they they just don't understand, <laughs> right? Some people just it just takes a while to come around, and or they don't, and that's fine more for us. But <laughs> um, okay, so the, I think the next track you mentioned we should check out is the the first night, uh -huh. and and none of these are the single tracks, by the way, right? Right, singles off of this you should also check out. But we're doing some deep dives already. Yeah, because like this album, I would I would say that if you want to just kind of like get a mouthful of the sound of where this artist is at this point in time, the first three tracks will do that perfectly. But there's also some versatility, which is why I think we're picking these other tracks. So the first night. It don't get any better from what I felt that night. The first time that I met her, I felt something inside. So here we go now. Slow down. I can't escape these feelings I'm spinning around Slow down There's not a better feeling The first night we didn't kiss We held hands like little kids My life hasn't been the same since something at that second clicked Every minute that we're together I feel more high than ever The only drug I need is when
one is uh, very like bedroom pop, right? Mm-hmm. You could see somebody just recording this this in their bedroom, put this all together, sure, and be like, "Here's this cool song I made." Mm-hmm. And I think there's like a vulnerability to that, and I think it kind of fits the lyrical choices here, where it's it's about falling in love, which um, which I already said, you know, he hasn't really done on some of his other albums. Yeah. Like it's almost unironic. It's not, you know, there's like you're yeah. waiting for a punchline or something, but it, it doesn't come. Interesting one. I, I yeah, think... no, no, for sure. And I and I like hearing that. I'm glad you pointed this out. I like hearing that from him based on everything I've seen being comical, you know? So arguably even in um, Cowboys Don't Cry, in the beginning he says, uh, like, I'm not good at goodbyes. I miss the sunshine and you're right. And it's like, yeah, it works. And you could just think of it as like the it's the fake dramatic setup to the funnier part of the song or whatever, but it's also like, well, he may really mean that too, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. It's anyway. He that a little bit more on this album, like actually falling yeah. in love uh, in an un- unironic way. Yeah. Instead of it just being like a artsy and party kind of like vibe, I-, I think it shows the like emotional versatility too, which maybe strangers will also demonstrate that the next track. Yes. Okay, strangers. Strangers standing next to me. You're as lonely as I'll ever be. You could you could call this a blink one eighty two like intro. Standing next to me. You like think hard enough about it. I'm as lonely as you'll ever be. I turned into what I hated, but I can't escape my own fate. In the mirror, I'm betrayed when I am staring at my own face. It's hard to believe the more friends you have, the better. It's never what it seems. I feel more alone than ever. Interesting. Yeah. I, w- I don't know if I would say dark, but it's definitely like, ooh, all right, yeah. Yeah. It's, if you if you listen to that like closely enough, it's like, all right, that's, you know, yeah. that's pretty honest. I think it's it's very honest. Um, yeah. Put it over that like really poppy melody. And I think it's, um, it's probably even more true and there's like layers to it. Where okay, you have these really honest lyrics behind this pop facade, mm-hmm. but you have like a real guy that's feeling all these things behind this ridiculous clown suit. Mm-hmm. You know, just, there's kind of layers to it, and I, I like that about Oliver. Um, I think he's probably thinking of these things too, and it's very deliberate when he does them. Yeah, I mean, you know, again to once again bring up Andy Kaufman, but it's like moments with whether you're watching the movie Man in the Moon which is very meta because like Jim Carrey almost kind of just went into another like universe as a person during that seemingly. But uh, <laughs> if you watch any of the original footage of Andy Kaufman, really funny. He was probably a super nice guy, you know, but like probably was also a little tortured because it's almost like, like a desperation kind of like play. Some of the things that happen, like, like for instance, that, what was it? Um, Jimmy Hingecliff, what, what was the alter ego where he would dress up as like the 
fat lounge singer like blah 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 like who was it um was i don't it? know if you remember that from the movie or you saw oh, that on so he I does this like alter ego there's like the general just sort of like awkward theater that he would do on like interviews or like his live shows and stuff but then he would i guess it would be like he'd be in a city for a particular show whether it was at a club or a college or something and it would be like later that night or an off night and like in the movie and man in the moon they like they're at one of these like you know like nightclubs and and this like obnoxious washed up looking like vegas lounge singer type comes out and just starts like berating the audience like there's no jokes he's just like an asshole to everyone <laughs> and like and the manager or whoever the hell it is well is watching this and is like horrified and then is backstage and then this you know again jimmy whatever the hell his name is comes over and is like messing with him and then takes the mask off or whatever and it's andy kaufman so it's like, I wonder if that was like his like rage catharsis, you know, where he would like play this character, just abuse people for like an hour. So, but that's the whole thing too. It's like the, we were talk, talking about clowns. There's like the, you know, the, the sad clown that's like performing, you know what I mean? Performing for everyone. Um, That whole trope. This is like a very like vaudeville type of thing happening now with this artist, which I think is great. And and maybe other artists, you know, um, Oliver Tree is unique unto himself, I think in that regard in the... And there's um, some other depth here, too, in the album. There's one song um, where he goes into what happens after we die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's dealing with all kinds of issues here. And I, I like to see that. that. That helps me connect to an artist more is whenever they're really exploring the questions of life. Yeah. I, something I, I try to do a little bit um, with my own music. And sure. I think as you do that, you connect with an even broader audience. Um, and hopefully that's the goal of art, right? Is to help people feel connected. Yeah. Other than the fact that like this is released music distributed in the current traditional way and blah, blah, blah. This is what you're talking about. All of this like rich, like thematic stuff going on is all wrapped in like a, let's just throw the rules completely out package. So you're getting the wacky kind of artist image in there. And then like you, Jeremy, are getting at all the other sort of like connectors through like, being honest and emotional and stuff like from a content point of view. And then, but like, what's cool is it's like all in this framework of someone who just threw out the rule book. So on top of all that, you're not then being spoon fed it by like the status quo type of artist. It's like yeah. someone who is just doing whatever they feel is right. And it happens to work. And then right. there's all that good stuff in there too. Like, I think that's what makes this guy unique, you know? Um, I think it's also just the balls to pull off any of this stuff. Oh yeah, well it takes balls to do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, for sure. But and as it's like it's kind of punk rock, I guess is what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. I wish I had the balls to do all that stuff. <laughs> I'm out dressed in jinkos and a windbreaker and a Right. <laughs> yeah. But see now that's that's being done or that's been done. So now, you know, maybe yeah, you do something else. Yeah, and maybe you so just I gotta have balls it. and I gotta be really creative on top of it. That's like that's way too much. Well, maybe you just have to go back to being cool. That's not you, just in you know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. can always fit right in. Yeah, yeah, or just or maybe conformity is the way to go. It's hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that was a good little pontification of a very, I think, profound artist of our time, and yeah. I, I was very much thrilled to be a part of that conversation. So, thanks for taking us on that journey. Yeah, well, Young thanks Jeremy. for the Oliver Tree, and I'm glad he's putting out some music and we could talk about it. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, I'll just do that thing 
hey Oliver, if you ever come across this, come on the podcast and you yes. can pull whatever high drinks you want, or we could just be straightforward. Uh, you can give me a wedgie. Yeah. Yeah, you could come to either one of our houses. You go to Jeremy's house and, and give him a nice wedgie. Yep. I'd be down for that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Dude, he can cut my hair into a bullet. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm up for all. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Great. I'll have Keith Richard smoke here, and, and Oliver Tree can give you a bowl cut at your house. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, that was fun. Um, And another mini soda under the belt, so. Thank you everyone for watching and please like, and subscribe and all that bullshit. Um, because we, it we actually does it. help if you do yeah. it. Yeah, no, it does. Thank you. We would appreciate that. And, uh, otherwise just stay tuned for more fun stuff. We actually have a lot of ideas in the pipeline. It's just a matter of when and how to execute. So some things to look forward to. We may have a big Lebowski, um, episode and uh, I'm sure there'll be more Taylor content, maybe more stones content. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, and hopefully some fun interviews, but that's on us to figure that out. Know of an artist that's really interesting. We should check out. Put it in the comments below. Yes, we'll please. This is your show as well. So tell us what you want to see more of or hear more of if you're listening, and we'll get to it. All right. All right, Jeremy. Till next time, my friend. See you, Mike. All right. Bye bye, everyone. Did you enjoy that episode? Yes. Would you like to see and hear more? Please like and subscribe, and you'll automatically receive notifications when we publish new episodes. Thanks for watching and listening to the WOAS podcast.